afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the one, the only Rumboys Fantasy Network. And this is your favorite, pretty much, we do this twice a week, so bi-weekly uh, series, The Rum Report, here live with episode three. This time I have Jordan Love joining us from rumboys.com. What is good, Jay Love? Oh, now he's got to unmute himself. He muted himself for the intro. Just hit the uh, microphone on the screen there. Might be technical difficulties. My computer was geeking. There we go. All uh, good. What's good, bro? Yeah, what's good? Uh, nothing much. Just got out of school. Getting ready for this draft season. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Draft season is um, upon us. We're going to touch a little bit on that. Um, we are going to, to be taking you guys um, behind the draft through our Sportscaster exclusive series. So make sure you guys check us out on Sportscaster.com and you download the Sportscaster app on Apple iOS. And then, of course, uh, we record this series on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Sportscaster, you name it. We're literally freaking everywhere uh when it when it comes to filming this particular show uh let's go ahead and get into it bro cheers to me cheers to you all the wrong boys and girls what to do dilly dilly it's five o'clock somewhere right in this case where i'm living it literally is five o'clock somewhere yeah yeah it's it's five o'clock here yeah i was, I was about to be like yeah. yeah um let's dive right into it first thing i want to talk about Especially with the draft coming up. By the way, did you see, before we get into this, this first topic, let's make this the first topic. This one's just going completely off script. Did you see that they are going to drive the players out on a boat to the stage for draft day? Hey, I love it. it I, I, I love it. This is completely over the top. I mean... How much listen, money is, is listen, going in to make this happen? This is a life-changing moment in these kids' lives. They're becoming millionaires on end off of one day. Make it big. I straight up edit Sportscaster on Twitter. I was like, at Sportscaster, do you need a live draft analyst? Like, if this is in the budget, send me. Send me. <laughs> Let's dive right into it. So, first topic that we got to discuss. Will Joe Burrow... Turn the Bengals around at the 101 overall pick. I don't I don't want to jump that far. I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm gonna go conservative with this. Uh I think he's gonna be a great quarterback, honestly. Uh, uh he has all the traits to be a top level quarterback. He reads defenses, he's mobile, he gets out of the pocket, he makes the big plays. But more importantly, he limits his mistakes. Okay. Um that's something that mm-hmm. has been proven. When he plays, while that is a limited sample, he likes to check down while he can also spread the ball downfield. He doesn't push the ball in spots where it's not needed to be, and I think the Bengals just need that. Um, They're not a big franchise destination. They make no trades. I think they literally made two trades in the past decade. Yeah. Um, So when you're sitting here at the number one overall pick and you can get a guy of this caliber, you just have to do it. So... With with the Joe Burrow thing, there have been mumblings of the Bengals possibly trading away the pick. And then right after those mumblings, there was that 
the organization yeah the organizations came out and they said we're not going to trade the pick and then after those rumors came you know what we don't really know what we're going to do with the number one overall pick listen fucking cincinnati get your head so far out of your asses please okay because right now you're just looking around and everything is dark all around you and i get that it's a scary fucking place so just pull your heads from out of there you have you should have known what you were gonna do with this pick. Like week week nine, week eight. You you should have known. Like you should have known. Once once clearly the Dolphins did not get the message of Tank for Tua, you know, and they started winning games, you should have known what 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 what, what you're gonna do with this pick. Cincinnati, hang on, get Joe Burrow. You still you didn't get rid of rid of AJ Green. So if you're trying to use some type of leverage to keep him in house, then this is your leverage that you use. Take the kid, put him out there on the field, let him spin, see what he's got. You guys gotta go and draft him. He's and he's such an Ohio guy, J Love. He's such an Ohio guy. Yeah, he's from Ohio. I mean, that's that it 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 fits. Um, but the thing that gets me is they benched Andy Dalton. Who's been their guy for seven years? You put in Ryan Finley, he's clearly not it. Like I know you interviewed him. He's one of your guys. He's not it. He's not it. Bro. Uh, so at that point, once you realize that Ryan Finley's not showing any signs of being that guy, you know at that point, hey, we're gonna have the number one overall pick. We're taking a quarterback. I'll put it like this. I knew that Ryan Finley wasn't the guy sitting in that room with them when the second that, that he opened his mouth, he went completely off topic of what my question was and like started talking about like the spin of the ball and shit. I'm like, yo, that is not, I did not ask anything. I did not ask you to show me your, your, your QB IQ right now. Um, that's when I kind of, when I, when I, when I kind of uh, knew. Um, Cincinnati, go after Joe Burrow. J-Lo just mentioned Finley's not the guy. You, we all knew that Finley wasn't the guy. He just looks like a mouth breather, bro. He just looks like one of one of those guys that just sits in the film room and is like, ha, ah, what? <laughs> Go get Burrow. The guy is a is a is an Ohio native. You need this Cincinnati. How the hell you're even fulfilling seats in your stadium? I don't know. Nothing has changed in Cincinnati in like the last decade, and we're entering a new decade. I'll tell you how they're filling seats. Mixon. And how long? Football is a team sport. How long is one player out of 53 motherfuckers on a roster going to continue to put asses in seats? And that player, he has to be the one to run the ball. Like, no, 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 you got Cincinnati. This is your way of figuring out Joe Burrow is the way to go. What is good, Nick Howard? I see you up in the chat. I see everyone up in the chat. So, school Joe back. <laughs> Connor Burke up in here. Welcome to the Run Boys writing crew. Make sure you guys check us out on runboys.com. Next topic. There was some Twitter beef um, after the NFC Conference Championship uh, game between Darrell Revis and Richard Sherman. Now, we all know this beef. This beef dates back to like 08. Um... Jalen, I don't know if you got to get if you got to catch up on this, but but how are you feeling this? I mean, pretty much Reeves stated that Sherman's not one of the pound for pound best corners. 
this, that, and the third. Stated that he doesn't follow the best guy. He, play, he disguises his skills by playing in a cover three scheme. Your take. So, you can bring that up on Sherman with his scheme, the fact that he doesn't follow the best corner or the best receivers, um, how he's scheme dependent, how he's always played in great defenses, surrounded by great players. It doesn't matter when the lights are brightest, Richard Sherman shows up. In the playoffs, he's there, he shuts down, he's always pretty much locking down a third of the field. He's in that cover three, that's what he does. That third deep side of the field, he's on it. Um, and while Darrell Revis is one of those guys that can talk to Richard Sherman because Revis Island is a thing. Um, I think he's one of the select few that can talk down to Richard Sherman as I think he is probably the better corner, uh, relatively speaking. Um, But Revis does have a point, but in the same Mm -hmm. sense, you just, there's no point to bring it up. Not only, not only is there, is there, is there no point to bring it up? So, with Revis, I feel like, like I said, this beef dates back to 2008. All because of something that was said back in the day when uh, when, when um, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. were the cast of First Take together. It stems all the way back to then. For Revis to bring this up now in Richard Sherman's moment of pretty much fame and glory. Listen, Richard Sherman did not necessarily save the game for, for San Fran. They were already pummeling the fuck out of out of Green Bay. So it didn't matter. They were they were they were getting they were getting their shit pushed in harder than Kiaramia by Jimmy G on a Saturday night. Okay? So <laughs> look, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Revis, but this was not the moment to bring it up. Um, if you were feeling that way, maybe you could have waited until the off season. Uh, why take it to Twitter? Why bring up old BS? I, I I don't I don't get it. Look, we've all not all of us, but for the most part, especially a lot of the people that listen to this show, have put on cleats. They they put on a pair of pads, and we all know that that you you can't really pick what scheme that you're going to line up in. Sherman can't pick the fact that he plays in a cover three you know does he always follow the best receiver on the field no we know that that's not that that that's not a thing um or else he would have been or or else he would have been every single place that Devonte adams was you know with that being said though i just felt like rebus you were shitting on on sherman's parade for no reason That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I agree. So Connor Burke here, being that you know, guys, especially those of you that are listening, Spotify, Apple, so on and so forth, Google, um, this show is filmed live, and you are able to hop in our live chat on YouTube on sportscaster.com and through the apps as well on both those, and you can drop comments. And we have a comment here from Connor Burke, one of our own. Did y'all see Daniel Jeremiah's mock? I'm not even going to go into the to the rest. I'm going to let you go ahead and vent right here. J-Love, talk about it. You were talking about it before we, we went on air. I'm going to let you talk about it now. Yeah, uh, I just have an issue with mainstream guys thinking that because they need to be special and because they're on this high pedestal and that they need to have a different take than every everybody else, even though it's a logical take, 
that they need to be different. Um, everybody's now starting to push it. Jedrick Wills in that top tackle category. And now out of left field, Daniel Jeremiah, everybody's holy grail, best scout. Oh, my God. It's Makai Becton. He's a 6'7", 370 tackle. I'll give you that. He's a late first rounder, early second rounder. Cool. I like Makai Becton. I think he has a chance to become an all-pro level tackle if he's able to keep that weight down. In saying that, there's no reason to put him above Andrew Thomas, to put him above Jedrick Wills, even though I think he's overrated. Um, or, or more importantly, probably the safest tackle in this class and Tristan Wirfs. There's no reason. He's not a top three tackle in this class. And if Alex Leatherwood would have declared, I don't even think he's four. There's no reason for this. And I'm, I'm just mad at people trying to be special. There's there's no reason. And, and that is why we have our show. We have our website with our articles on it. Rumpboys.com. J Love's mock is getting ready to be released. Um, and we're gonna have we're gonna have have, have, have a few different um, you know like I said we're gonna have some series breakdown film with these young guys. Um, let you guys know where we feel they're gonna go. But Dale Jeremiah, you are on J Love shit list, sir. <laughs> he's, been, he's been on it for years. For years. Uh, let's see here. Next topic that we are going to get into um, that that is that that is on the docket. Are the Chiefs unstoppable, bro? This week is the tell. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, it going against teams that haven't necessarily had the best defense. I know the Titans, stout defense, cool, but their offense really couldn't get it going outside of Derrick Henry. Um, and even then, they had him pretty locked down in that second half. I thought he was about to, at halftime, I was like, okay, Derrick Henry's a second half player. He's about to go off for 100 yards in the second half and carry them. Uh, little did I know that the Honey Badger had something else to say. Um, it's, I think that the Chiefs' offensive line has to become ready for this, for this pass rush. Um, Nick is going to be coming off that edge. Um, the biggest X factor in this game for me is... Quan Alexander. I said it when he came back. I think that they're probably going to the Super Bowl uh, just because he really is that big of a playmaker. He's all over the field. He's great in coverage. He's a great run stopper. I I have the Niners winning this game. I do, and I hate saying that. I'm a Cardinals fan. I can't root for an NFC West team. I would love it for the Chiefs to win this game. I'm sorry, Justin. I have to. Um, but I just... I, the level that this defense is playing at and outplaying a Patriots defense who throughout the first six games were beyond anything else we've ever seen yeah. because of the competition they played. And the Niners, playing good teams, still kept up with them and at the end of the year even outperformed them. And I don't see the Chiefs beating that, even though Mahomes is a maniac. Uh, Travis Kelsey's been struggling with drops. Uh, Miko Hardman looked like he got hurt a little bit last week. I know he tweaked something. Tyreek Hill, while, while he's been great, he's made some mental errors. Mm-hmm. It's things like that that just make me side with the with the 49ers. So, with that, with that being said, with that being stated, okay. Um, me personally, mm-hmm. first I want to say that I'm not. I'm going to try and refrain from dropping. Who I really think in my in my Super Bowl pick, I'm gonna roll with. All right, I want to make sure that you guys tune in for our Super Bowl kickoff party. 
live stream. We're going to be doing giveaways, musical guests, all that. Um, all that good stuff on Super Bowl Sunday. So make sure you wake up early in the morning uh, with Clock Management Fantasy Football and the Run Boys Fantasy Network for that. Do I feel that the Chiefs are unstoppable? No, I don't think that they're unstoppable. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes, he, he takes a minute to wake up, okay? And against this Niners team where, you know, Raheem Mostert, you know, he scored four TDs. I mean, and every single time that he touched the ball, he was averaging anywhere between eight to ten yards a carry, you know, every single time. You can't. You can't kind of play that type of lackadaisical of a of a first quarter against a team like the 49ers. Any team can be beat. We have seen in the past where Andy Reid kind of, you know, falters at some point uh, in, in these big games, in these big time scenarios, but it would be safe to say, and it is fairly safe to say, that um that that he has pretty much, I guess, in a way overcame that, which we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit more here in the next segment, and that the players are getting enough done to where they're offsetting Andy Reid's choking abilities in, in, in big game situations. I don't know if unstoppable is the correct word, um, but do they stand a damn good shot? Yes, this game has opened up as a one as a one point favorite for Kansas City, uh, per per Westgate. With that being said, I think this is going to be a shootout. We could be looking at a Super Bowl one by one of either team. Make sure you guys get up with us Sunday morning for my official locked in Super Bowl pick, February second. Anything else you want to touch on on that one? Nah. Hell yeah. Now I did bring up something during that last segment which was um Andy which was Andy Reid. Um has it has Andy Reid overcame I guess you could say the the choking bug? I don't think so. In all honesty, Andy Reid still has that tendency to make a bad call to not understand how to manage the clock in these big games. Um but that's Andy Reid and he's on the sideline. The guy who's calling the plays, making the adjustments at the line, he's the one that's, if they have a chance at winning this game, which of course they do, is going to push them over that hump. And I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of outweighing uh, the amount of drag that Andy Reid puts on this team. Just because he really does carry that offense. He's the one on the field. He's the one making the plays that no one expects. And he's he's smart enough. I mean, we've all seen Mahomes talk, even though he has a frog-like voice. <laughs> Um, he, 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 he clearly understands the game of football at a superior level. He, he watches film, he breaks it down, he understands game situations, and I think that that can compensate for the lackadaisical job that Andy Reid does. Hey, well, we'll see how, how laxed he is. Um, I feel like he's a little bit too lax talking about getting his body ready for Miami, this, that, and the third. But we will see, we will see. Getting into our uh, to our next topic, so Jordan Love, I'm pretty much like you know the quarterback, right of uh, of the Run Boys Fantasy Network. Would you wear George Kittle? He wore a shirtless Jimmy G shirt in his press conference, autographed by Jimmy G. 
Can I hook you up with one with my face on it, bro? <laughs> hey, that's just being a good teammate, bro. I don't know if I'm wearing another grown man shirtless on, on, on my on myself or on my body. I don't, I don't think I can pull that one off. Hey, football locker rooms are football locker rooms. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, my gosh. That that was crazy. I, 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 um, I was astonished. I was like, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. Aaron Handez might, might, might like it, though. <laughs> I saw your face. You're like, yo, that was really fucked up. That got dark, didn't it? That got dark right there. He's gonna haunt you, bro. He's going to haunt you. I'm in the middle of those documentaries, by the way. They're very good, very good. I'm on. I'm on number two. I'm on episode two. Um, was not ready for episode one to end the way it was. Like, what, <laughs> Aaron? Um, speaking of Jimmy G. And taking it back to the Patriots, like the way I just connected those two topics together, uh, how much of a mistake did the Patriots make trading Jimmy Garoppolo? I think Belichick was right. Even though they got a Super Bowl out of it, Belichick comes right again. Uh, Brady, he's... If you look at it uh, objectively, 40-year-old quarterback... Nearing the end of his career, progressively getting worse, arms deteriorating, and you have this guy who, in practice, shows up. He gets first team reps because Brady takes that time off because he's getting older, and he's shown you that hey, I can carry this level. And then he goes on after you trade him, and you get a first round pick. Well, it's second round pick. My bad, it was second round pick. But mm -hmm. pick my first. Uh, And then he decides to trade him away, and then he goes, does amazing. That's, they're completely regretting it right now, especially since they need a quarterback so bad. But isn't this the nature of, of, of the NFL, and isn't this just pretty much, this is almost kind of just an anomaly of him uh, being the backup there in New England, going to San Francisco, and now suddenly being uh, so much better, so much more progressive in San Francisco. We already knew that he was going to be great in New England. He lands in San Fran, and he lands right right up, right on his feet. I mean, of course, you know, he overcame the injury, so on and so forth. But I'm not too sure that, you know, if, if you were to put Jimmy G with, with that team, that, that Patriots team this year and replace him with Tom Brady, what happened is still probably going to happen. You know, Jimmy G, I'm even questioning if he if he was worth the money that San Francisco paid him because th this guy, he passed, what, six times last week? I mean, I get that you didn't need, that you didn't need to use your arm. But against this team in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have to use your arm. Because Frank Clark coming in on that pass rush. You know, so with that being said, with that being, being stated, um... I don't necessarily feel like the Patriots made a mistake. We don't know what what, what, what Stidham is going to be. Um, this organization has done really good of rebuilding and retooling themselves all the way from the moment that Bledsoe got hurt to bring in Brady to managing teams whenever Brady has been injured uh, with whoever they have had, had, had to go up and put up underneath center. Uh, it has not just been Jimmy G. We have seen other backups 
in a Patriots uniform go in the game for Brady. You know, when that, whenever Brady's been hurt. Develop what you have. Let go of the past. And mainly I want to add, add this. Patriots fans out there. Stop sitting back. And, and, and pretty much damn near mourning the loss of Jimmy G. Like, oh my gosh. Like, we could have had him. If we had him, we'd be in the Super Bowl. Da, da, da. Look, you have been to, to multiple, multiple, multiple Super Bowls in the last 12 some odd years. Like, I get the, the need of one of your sports team to be so great, but let it go. Let Jimmy G be great in San Fran. Let him have his own career, not have to chase down any shadows, and just be great in San Fran. And I'm going to let it be, like, be, be there. Hey, I'm, I'm, I just want to argue this right now. Um, I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the great game manager. It is having a game manager is better than a proven second-year player who spent four years in college. It's it's a security blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what Belichick was worried about is because the past few seasons we've seen this tension growing in New England. We've seen that Brady's become unhappy. We've seen him uh, even more so. Instead of snapping at his offensive coordinator, he's snapping at Belichick. Um, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a team that Oh, Brady is says he's intrigued in looking at options in free agency. He moves his family out of his mansion. Oh, what's this? Now he has a chance of leaving, and we don't have a quarterback to replace him, and now you're in a dire need for that in case he doesn't return. Now, again, I'm going to go back and preface that I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager. In my opinion, he's the third quarterback in rankings in his division, with Jared Goff being last. I take. Yeah. I hate Derek Goff. Um, as a player. Um, but I, I just think that that security blanket is something that the Patriots always need. That's the Patriot way, in a sense. Yeah. They. I mean, and like I said, we and we saw we saw the Stephen kid. He balled out during 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 the preseason, you know, and he was balling out with the the twos and threes, you know. So maybe there's still something there. You you weren't gonna be able to hang on to the to, to the kid. There was no way of you hanging on to Jimmy G. Period. A team was going to want him. He was gonna get the money regardless. What were you gonna do? Keep him on the bench and, and and just hope that that no one ever discovered how great he was? Like that's that's just not gonna happen. And, and I and I don't for, for I didn't foresee that. It's kind of, it's honestly kind of like the Brock Osweiler situation that happened a few years ago. Uh, in Denver, where he was a speaker. Much like Jimmy G. Did they come out the same year? I think so. Oh, they might have came out the same year. Um, maybe it was a few years before. But uh, basically, it was second second uh, round. The big arm had a decent arm, uh, showed traits, played a little bit, looked good, and then all of a sudden you're looking: Do we pay this guy? Do we trade him? Or do we let him walk? In the sense of the Broncos, they let him walk smartly, great decision. Yep. Um, and as for the Patriots, they traded him away and got value. Take your poison. I like it. Hey, that's that's the way these situations work out. Um, kind of keeping on the talks of of, of contracts, money, things of that nature. One of the things I find super super interesting uh, is, do the Titans go ahead and re-sign Tannehill? There's already talks about. Mariota to Chicago and, you know, 
Chicago want to do a, a two QB type committee system, so on and so forth. It sounds like Mariota is going to be out there. It sounds like 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 Tannehill is going to be staying. Uh, going to be staying. But does Tennessee re-sign Tannehill? He already has $45 million guaranteed from his stint with the Miami Dolphins. Why not go for another 80, 80, why, why not, or why not, you know, make it 80, 85, you know? Do you, what do you think I, the contract is looking like for Tannehill? I, going into the playoffs, I think he would have gotten a good deal on a $25 million. 20, 25 mil. After the playoff stint, and I was watching the game this past week, and this one play just keeps replaying over in my mind. It's a second six. Uh, Tannehill gets the snap. It's an easy slant route to A.J. Brown. He just whiffs it, throws it at his knee, incomplete. And that's kind of what Tannehill reminded me of when he was playing for the Dolphins. That scares me. Um, personally, I would give Tannehill a contract, not 25 mil, because you have to pay Derrick Henry. You have contracts coming up. Harold Landry's a good player. You have to make a decision on Darrell Casey, Jack Conklin, uh, Taylor, Taylor LeJuan just got a new deal. All these players are coming around that you have to pay, and they're going to want money. Give Tannehill a one-year deal to prove it. Give him the money. If he comes back and has this year again, go ahead. Pay him the 27, 28 mil if he proves it and you go back to the playoffs and win games again. Just realize that you have Derrick Henry and you may not have to solely go out and pay a quarterback that much if Tannehill wants that money. So this is where I feel opposite. This is where I feel opposite. Um, and I think that this is going to be one, one, of, one of those more so – me, I'm always with the players type of type of a deal, um, and I'm always advocating for the players type of deal. Taylor, you've already been in the league what eleven seasons? Like you taking twenty twenty five mil at the, at this point? Like, like like hell no, hell no. That 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 that's the number that Dak should should be discussing. You help Dak get you like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel it still. You know. I mean, speaking speaking, you know, just in terms of, of of the league, though, I don't feel that. I mean, especially you know, leading your team to to a uh, to a AFC championship game, um, despite how it turned out, I get that. Oh well, it became a lot of you know Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, especially towards the end of the regular season. But at the same time, it became a lot of Derrick Henry. That passing game opened up, and AJ Brown looked phenomenal as a rookie. Um, Corey Davis all of a sudden started catching, you know, pass here and there, you know, pass like, uh, you know, nothing impressive, but you know, whenever it happened, like, holy fuck, like Corey Davis, guys, look, um, he is someone that, that that is being successful out of Central Michigan. So, first round pick, by the way, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for 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 for, for CD to come along. It just, I, maybe it took Tannehill, I don't know. Uh, but given his his experience. I am not gonna say twenty five. I am gonna say thirty mil. He can. He's a guy that I I I, I could be like, yo. You you could get the thirty mil, because even though, even when he doesn't have to follow follow you know the playbook exactly, he still figures out a way to. He was figuring out ways to get it done with Tennessee. I wasn't seeing that with that. You know, um, this is a guy that I say that I, I would I would give the thirty mil to, Tannehill. Step right up and get your paper. Okay, now let me ask you this. 
you're the Titans. You just had this great year with Tannehill. You got to the conference championship as a six seed, beat all the odds, surprised a ton of people. Yeah. Do you pay Tannehill the thirty mil, or do you pay? Do you play? Uh, pay. Oh my God. You pay Bridgewater fifteen or seventeen. Bridgewater's not going to leave New Orleans. Just. I mean, I mean, saving money, saving money wise, saving money wise. If I can get away with paying, paying, paying Bridgewater, you know, fifteen to eighteen, yeah, I'll, I'll pay Bridgewater fifteen to eighteen. Um, and, I, and I'll say, and, and I'll say, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to let you know, be like Tannehill, thanks, but we're moving in a different direction. Now you see, you you admitting to that is exactly my point that I was bringing up. You can get away with Bridgewater while I do think he has a chance. Being last year, Tannehill was better. Clearly, QB two, by the way. Um, QB one, actually, when you come, when it comes down to passing rating and everything like that, over Mahomes towards the end of the year. If you're yeah. just looking at, passing you're just looking at the la- la- that um, last sample size, yeah. But uh, you have Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's wanting fifteen to seventeen mil this offseason. He's an unrestricted free agent. He wants yep. his bag. And if you can save twelve mil on a quarterback and use that to, to pay your in my opinion, the second best running back in the league right now, you do it. So, and I dig that. And, and, and Derrick Henry, what? He just started having 1,000-yard rushing seasons, what, his last two. Mm-hmm. So, I, I agree. Tennessee has ha, has the bread to where they could, they could get away with giving Tannehill, you know, like I said, even maybe, maybe you shave, you know, Two two mil off of that off that thirty, you pay him, you know, twenty. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's gonna get he's gonna get his fifteen here regardless. Um, in that regard, going off what you said, Taylor Wan's not leaving. He's staying with 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 Tennessee no matter what, hands down. Um, I just oh. don't. Oh, we forgot the biggest one. Logan Ryan, the best slot corner of this year, is a free agent. Okay, yeah, Logan Logan, uh, Logan Ryan is 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 uh, gonna be available. Um, Logan Ryan, Tannehill, Henry, Conklin, Wesley Woodyard, Darren Bates, Kemal Correa. I still say you gotta get this guy the money, and I feel like that 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 if there's one one NFL one NFL franchise that'll do it. It'll it'll be Tennessee, especially after the, the success that they had. Um. Unless what you just said happens, because I feel like that's the only target. If you're Tennessee, there's only one other target that you're going after, and that would be Teddy Bridgewater. Unless you're getting Teddy B, or unless somehow by whatever miracle that Tom Brady's like, I'll come do it, like then that that is and that's not happening. That is what you that is what you're looking at though. I say pay the man, get uh get get him get 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 Tannehill his check. Let's see here. So getting on. Let's uh let's go ahead really quick. Let's check out the chat. See if we got going on. Pay Derrick Henry too. They will. They will. Titans have twenty eight free agents. Holy shit. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Well, they they just went from a six seed to a freaking four seed really quick because they're not keeping all those guys. Yeah, Mariota's gonna be gone. Um, trying to think here. Let's slide in. We're gonna slide into our one our one MLB topic, and then we are going to get into um, 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna roll roll some ads because we gotta pay some bills, and then we'll be right back with the second half of the show. You dig? Actually, let's let's go ahead and pay some bills right now, and then we will be right back. Just give me one second so I can uh, have this all set up. This man gonna laugh at me. Yo, look, we gotta do what we gotta do, bro. It is what it is. Mm-mm-mm. Alrighty, and we will be right back. Or nah. There we go. You know what? Never mind. It keeps freezing and it keeps stopping. So, um, so we tried that. That did not work. I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> He's like, I'm just chilling, bro. All good. All good. Um, let's go ahead and we're going to actually slide into, to the next topic then. Um, we only got one topic in baseball right now. <clears throat> and let's see here. So in the MLB, Derek Jeter could possibly end up being the second unanimous Hall of Fame vote. Deservable or not, right or not, how do you feel? I mean, he deserves it. Let's be honest. Uh, great player. There's not something you can say. He, he, he definitely deserves to be the unanimous Hall of Famer. I <laughs> There's agree. not much else you can say to back it up. I mean, everybody knows Derek Jeter for a reason. Now he's also in a, in, a, in a class with you know Bonds and and and, and Clemens. Um, Jeter, I feel the only one out of his class that doesn't have the the asterisks next to their name, and that asterisk I'm talking about, of course, is steroids. Um, Jeter. Yeah, cheating, you know, no form of cheating, period. Um, he's also, yeah, so like I said, he's in a class with Clemens, he's in a class with Barry Bonds, um, Kurt Schilling. If they, if he's not the, the, the unanimous vote out of all those guys, and if there is someone that would want to, to give attention elsewhere and overlook, now I'm also the same person that's like, well, fuck it, baseball, like, like, you know, baseball was the best of the best at his time period when steroid use was involved when the, the cheating and steroid use was was part of it you know and i have no problems no problems admitting that no problems going on record that, that was the only time that i could really remember that i was watching like faithfully other than when i'm covering it um with that being said with that being stated 
hands down, you gotta select this man. I mean, come on, he had a he had a he had a shoe on the Jordan shoe line. Like, come on, guys. That's how we're gonna measure Hall of Famers now. They had a shoe with Jordan. Hey, look, I just needed a little okay, something okay, there with they were actually good. Just, just, just a sneaker, just the kicks. Just look, he's Derek Jeter, probably the the greatest Yankee of our generation. I'm not gonna say all time, but of our generation. You gotta go ahead and vote for him. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that one. Um, sliding into the NBA, a lot of interesting things going on um, in the NBA. To be honest, um, the NBA is a crazy, crazy place right now. So trade deadline. Yep, trade deadline, All Star break. This is when the NBA season pretty much really starts. In all honesty. And with that being said. Martin Luther King Day uh, was was had yesterday, which means that pretty much the NF the, the, or I'm sorry the NBA is in full swing. They had basketball on all day from like two o'clock my, my time Mountain Time all the way um, up until the end of the night. Now this is kind of brought up a lot a lot of discussion. I mean, and mainly between a lot of circles that aren't just diehard diehard NBA heads, you know. People that watch other sports aside from the NBA, pretty much. Should the league look at adjusting its season, maybe, you know, to shorten games or, to, you know, kind of take away load management? Did also increase their viewings since the NBA is one of the few leagues that's always complaining about viewings? Okay, the, the NBA has already pondered the idea of shortening their season. Uh, and actually, they kind of made it longer by getting back-to-backs um i know when i was when i was like a kid kid i was like seven um the nba opening night halloween night it was always yep. halloween night and it would go up until you probably see the end of the season usually about at the end of february that's usually what it used to be and it would run a little bit longer um and now it's just getting longer stretched out they've moved the start date back and everything like that um and now there's both management and what what hurts even more for these franchises in this league isn't the fact that they're not even getting the TV ratings because they're always going to have those deals. They get the money. Um, it's the fact that fans aren't buying tickets to go to these games. Yeah. Because they're in fear that if they're a fan of a high-level team like the Clippers, for example, if you don't go to a Clippers game, you want to watch Kawhi and Paul George. They're the stars. If they sit, you're sitting there watching Lou Wood and Montrez Harrell. While they're good basketball players, they're not the stars that you paid the two, three hundred dollar tickets to go see. Yeah. During the season, probably I wouldn't go drastic. I do think that it's a great idea. Uh, from eighty-two games, personally, I would say to about sixty-eight is what I would say. Um, sixty-eight, seventy, it. Because on average, these top two players, they sit out about 15 games. Yeah. That's usually what it is. Uh, Kawhi's a little bit more strenuous. Paul George was dealing with injury earlier in the season, so there's that. But um, you look at LeBron, AD, um, James Harden, Westbrook, uh, even Damian Lillard. He sits out a few games every year. And speaking of MLK Day, 61 on that night. Yeah. Crazy game for him. Um, MLK Day record for points. Um, but yeah, 
I would just shorten the season, in, in all honesty. It makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I feel like they need, to, they need to shorten the season. So me, I'm one of those fans where, yes, I am a NBA fan. I am a basketball fan. I am not like, oh, it's it it's the start of the NBA season and the start of the NBA season is the same night as football. I guess I'm not watching football tonight. Like that will never happen. If basketball and football are on at the same time, I'm watching football. You know, if basketball and a huge big pay-per-view event fight are on the same night, I'm watching that fight. You know, it is what it is. If regular season, I know, I know this, the, the the playoffs for these two sports kind of bleed together. But if Stanley Cup Finals are on while regular season basketball is on, I'm not watching regular fucking season basketball. I'm gonna go watch the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, it just it it it, it is what it is. If there's something more entertaining, and, and that that works in multiple different ways. You know, if regular season baseball is on, then I'm gonna go watch regular season basketball. You know, there there's a million different ways we can split that up. You know, but you need to shorten the season so that you can get more ratings and get more ticket sales by putting your stars on on the floor. Two, you can cut back on the load management on the load management business as is. Three, this whole traveling that that the NBA goes through for an 82 game long season is strenuous and taxing on the players as is. You know, we look at a game last night, which we're going to talk about and break down, but like. LeBron didn't even take it serious. He went to go fucking watch his son play in a high school game before going to that game, like before going to his actual game. You know, there needs to be, you, you could probably take away, maybe maybe each NBA team plays three times a week versus, you know, them playing five times out of a seven-day week, you know. M- break it up a little bit. Um, give some of these guys days off in between games. You know, maybe you get two days off in between a game. You know, or something or the other. I, I I don't know. Make it make it better for 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 the players so that us as the fans can find it more enjoyable. I don't even find basketball as a commentator fun for me to call until after the All Star break, because that's when the players are really playing. You know, if you want to if you want to adjust your ratings, don't try and compete with football. And I'm gonna agree with you. Uh... I love the NBA. It was my favorite sport. I always played basketball growing up. Uh, but I, 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 there's so many games, and this is what I was thinking about when you said that. There's 16 games for every team in an NFL season. The Stanley Cup, there's only one Stanley Cup every year. You look at, well, the MLB is even a more example of this. The more games that there are in a season, the more a fan feels like they don't have to watch because there's going to be more of those games that they can go on back and watch later. If you, sh- if you make the season shorter, it, it may- and it'll make the players value those games more because one yeah. loss on the West, for example, like uh, two years ago, or like for the past two or three years, the eighth seed would be decided by a tiebreaker or one game. But if you shorten the season, you're looking at a half a game, even more tiebreakers. You're looking at the fourth through eighth seed being separated by a game and a half. Makes everybody value the games more, and Mm -hmm. it'll make the fans value it. Exactly. Like me, I don't don't value the the, the baseball and NBA seasons the the, the way that, as a fan, I should. 
you know if if the stakes were a lot higher you know i for for these teams and, and you know that the, the season was maybe a little bit shorter yeah yo i need to watch every i need to watch what my, what's happening with my lakers you know i wouldn't feel the way that i'm about to feel how we get into this next topic just give hey, me go ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it above up until about a month ago, I would probably say early December, I didn't look at any stats. I would get the updates on my phone. I didn't. I don't. I maybe watched two or three games. I I don't keep up with the NBA until this time. But the fact that I can come on here and talk about the NBA is because of my previous knowledge and how teams are going to keep up and everything like that. I'll, I'll pay attention to a player if they're having an insane season or if they're having a, a, an abnormal down year. But other than that, the NBA is pretty constant and uh, consistent mm-hmm. in a way that it's not the same for other for other sports. NBA, you can't get mad at us, the fans. This is a, a system that you created. Um, we're giving you the answers of how you can fix your ratings. Do something Don't about it. Draft. I don't fix your ratings. You said what? Don't rig drafts. Don't rig drafts. Yeah. Don't rig drafts and then official ratings. And make things more about the team, not necessarily always about the player, the player, the player, you know. Yes, the Rum Boys will be covering the XFL. Here, just give me one second so I can uh well, is this really Alrighty. So kinda getting in uh to our next topic. Which honestly, in a way, this next topic that we're getting into sit it it it, it flows right into to what we were just talking about. So it's a nice segue here. It was a blowout in the Garden um, last night as my Lakers looked awful against the Celtics. Is this a reason to panic in L.A. or just another regular season game? Blowouts happen. They, they just happen. Um, and as you said, LeBron wasn't taking the game serious. LeBron, at this point in the regular season, probably isn't taking it serious at all. Um Real quick, let me look up the standings just to double check what the we're number one in the West, thirty four and nine. Thirty four and nine, yeah. No reason to take this game that serious. Were there signs of concern? Yes. We've seen the turnover bug with the Lakers. We've seen them struggling with their bench. Uh, they're shooting Kyle Kuzma was atrocious. Um, but in saying every every team goes through a slump. It happens even more so with LeBron teams. We see him. But, for example, the, the team that just beat you last night, going before last night, they lost six of their last eight. They were on a skid. Um, they were great against defending against the paint, even though their bigs is probably what their issue we were going to point out. When you look at the Celtics team, they lack bigs. They're third in the league when it comes to shot attempts and points allowed in the restricted area. Mm-hmm. So down deep in the paint, um, they don't give up that many points. Uh, but then you go back to the six out of the last eight skid. Now they are. I think they're bottom twenty, or no, they're like twenty, not bottom twenty. Um, so there, there's that skid. That's something I would be worried about. If you see that big transition from uh, a strength of yours to a weakness, that's a situation where I'd be worried. But then they bounce back like this. It's just something that happens. There's no re- real reason to worry about it if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, I mean, me being a Lakers fan, <clears throat> I'm I'm not I'm not worried about about this, um, especially when you throw out 30, 30, 34 and nine, like after last night, like before last before last night we were we were 
what like yeah 34 and th- 34 and 8 throughout 34 and 9 cool like we're fine you tell me it's the regular season whatevs the only thing that really gets me as a Lakers fan is the team that we lost to the Celtics the rivalry and that that's really it you know everyone's like oh well Jalen Brown slammed on on LeBron dude people get 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 slammed on all the time do you not watch sports People, corners get caught on all the time, you know, like receivers get, receivers get, get, get passes broken up all the time. We see this every day in sports, you know, so I don't want to use a whole, oh, well, I get that Jalen, Jalen Brown by any means shouldn't be, be dunking on LeBron. I mean, if you look at it, he didn't directly dunk on LeBron. LeBron got stuck between two of his own guys and was stuck down there and was like, oh, fuck, well, I'm just kind of here. He was stuck between Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee. He was stuck between the two, and he wasn't even up off the ground. I know you're a Lakers fan. LeBron got boomed on. Just accept it, okay? It happens. It he happens he did, everybody. but like he did, Jay but like Brown not Brown. really, not not really. Jay Brown's an athletic player. He rose up above him. It's whatever. It happens. Let's not make a big deal out of it. You trying to defend him makes it sound. Worse. I'm not. No, I'm not defending him. But you. But we can all easily. We all have have our fucking phones. It's 2020. We can all go on the internet and we can look and we can see. James didn't even go up and contest it. Like he was like two fucking feet off the ground, barely. Yeah. You yeah, know the person. Didn't jump. I'm not. I'm not gonna the, deny the, it. But... The, the the two people that really really went to go and contest it were the ones that did actually get dunked on. But because LeBron was standing in the vicinity, here's what we in the media do: we x out the fact that two people jumped in the way as well. And instead of saying Jalen Brown actually dunked on three people, we put LeBron. We're, yeah, we're. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not being that talking head that that, that does that. Like, no, you know. Yeah, no, I I got you. Also, the real what 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 another thing that pissed me off about last night. Because of that one play, that's who we're giving the credit to. So we're just gonna x out every single thing that Jason Tatum did last night. So this is me now being unbiased, taking my fact and my love for my Lakers out of it. And as someone that actually commentated that game, and actually saw that game, there was one really, truly unstoppable force on that floor that could not that could not be touched. And that every time he had the ball, he was making a play happen. Whether it was him scoring or him getting the ball to someone to score. Jason Tatum is the real, real impact on last night's game. So I also want to put that out there. Because everyone has, oh, well, Kemba Walker... Finally got his one win over LeBron. Oh, uh, Jalen Brown with the dunk. What about what Jason Tatum did? Jason Tatum had a great game. No one's denying that. It's the fact that you have this headline, and it's a big play, so everybody's going to bring it up. And Jalen Brown's just a big name right now. He's gone through some changes the past few years that have elevated him into an all-star discussion, in which Jason Tatum was in these discussions last year. Um... Tatum dropped from 13 points, uh, I think it's five rebounds and like three assists. So now he's averaging 26 and five. Substantial numbers, uh, numbers you're talking about most improved player, but just because Devontae Graham is having such such of a good year, um, you're not going to really look at him that much. And that's another headline that, that, that we can even bring up and relate this to. Uh, Jalen Brown's having a most improved player caliber season easily. I compared to Victor Oladipo season a few years ago when he went to the Pacers. Uh, instead of a change of scenery, it's a change of a roster. And you got an unselfish point guard instead of a selfish point guard. Um, 
it's the same thing. I mean, I I, I hear you. I, I hear you, and I, and I feel you. Like I said, gotta you gotta give give props where props were due, and it, it just annoyed me all morning seeing all all of these headlines about about the other two players on that roster and the player that that on film that was really you know spreading the floor for them, moving the ball around, and, and really being a force. What what was Tatum? Um, keeping it keeping it uh in the NBA, and kind of you know keeping it toward towards yesterday. Kyrie had the audacity to align himself with civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. when speaking with the press. Um, is this just like another Kyrie Irving type of thing that he just does? Like, a oh, world is flat? Or, I mean, do you really get what he was trying to say? Quick, quick, quick question. Quick question. Um, when Kyrie had the face mask on, what was it for? Didn't he get hit upside the head? Yeah, he got, yeah I think like, he got hit in the face. Does Kyrie Irving have CTE? <laughs> is he the first basketball player ever to have CTE? I don't know. I think there might be another one that we're going to talk about later. There's a case for it, man. He's 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 acting like Antonio Brown. I swear, he's the Antonio Brown of the NBA. I well, that's what Kyrie Irving is. What and I don't like him. There's there's no there's no point for it. Why? Like, Why? Like, was it just fresh on your mind because it was Martin Luther King Day? So, like, like out of anyone that you could have compared yourself to, that's who you chose? Like, that's what you chose to do? Um, Kyrie does this type of thing all the time. Now, just to add clarification, like, he wasn't... He was trying to say that, that I guess the media talks down on him and talks shit about him, you know, 24-7 around the clock and, you know... And, and they were doing it even despite him not being being on the court and being a factor in, in their last seven games, you know. So he he came out and he said, you know, they 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 threw stones and they crucified, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. You, you, whenever you're great, you're, you know, someone's always going to have something bad to say about you. So, like, what he was really trying to say was when, when, you're, when you're doing big things, you're going to have haters. That's what he wanted to say. <laughs> But okay. you don't okay. grab a world, that. a leader. Yeah, I, I got that. Yeah, you don't <laughs> grab a guy who's so socially uplifted to the fact that he has a national holiday after him because of what he did in this nation. Exactly. And you don't do that on their day. Exactly. But also, let's, let's keep this about sports real quick. Let's point this out, Kyrie Irving. You haven't played in months. Months. You played in a handful of games. In fact, in those handful of games that you've played, your team is worse when you are on the court than when you are on, than, than when you were on it. Yep. You're this all-star caliber player, then why is your team worse when you're on the court? Why are you talking about you need help when you're the issue? Why are you bringing headlines to a team that's succeeding when you're not on the court? Why bring the drama when you're not doing anything that should warrant you bringing up the drama. This is a typical Kyrie thing. Like I said when I when I was commentating the, the, the Nets game um, a couple of nights ago, this is Dinwiddie's team. This is this is now Spencer Dinwiddie's team. You know, Kyrie, I, I'm sorry. I mean, they're going to keep you around because they, they especially need you need to see what you're going to work with and what you're going to work like with when KD is back healthy. 
Um, because they at least got to give that a shot. But, dude, stop being a, a, a distraction. And stop trying to make everything about yourself. We know that you're great. We know that you can play. We know that you are one of the better guards in the league. You know, stop talking and just fucking play basketball, dude. Like, I'm not trying to pull the whole shut up and dribble thing right now, but yeah. when you do stupid things like this, this goes this goes right. And with your character, with the whole Earth is Flat thing, and now this, just stop saying stupid shit. Like, it's not like you're saying anything that's that's becoming a revolution to, to make people think and to make people woke. You know, you're not you're not doing that. You're just saying stupid shit so that we have something to talk about and roast you later on. If, if I'm a Brooklyn Net, I want out. If I'm Karis LeVert, if I'm Jared Allen, if I'm Spencer Dinwiddie, these guys who have careers ahead of them that are on long-term contracts. Let's not forget that. Jared Allen just signed an extension. Karis LeVert signed an extension. Spencer Dinwiddie's on a, on, a, on a contract for, I think, two, more, two or three more years. You have your bag. Get out. Like, get out. This isn't going to end well for you. I'm sorry. When your teammate Kyrie Irving, um, whether you're in Boston, uh, I was reading an article the other day about Jalen Brown about how because of what Kyrie Irving did on that team, it literally gave Jalen Brown anxiety and depression because yeah. Kyrie Irving was in that locker room. You know how bad of a teammate you have to be to give your own teammate a guy that you spend your free time with, a guy that you work with, a guy that you're supposed to uplift to tear him down and cause him uh, issues with his mental state, that's that's beyond me. It's, like I said, I, I felt like we, we, we had to bring it up, you know, just because, especially when I saw the clip, I was like, this dude really, like, like you could tell that he thought about it before he said it, and he knew he was like, oh, this is going to stir up some shit right here. Kyrie, just stop. Stop with the mind games with people, bro. Um, speaking of mind games, speaking of mental health, um, this story here is actually really, really, really sad. Um, former NBA star Delonte West uh, was seen out on the streets on the side of some highway. Uh, I believe it was Indian River Highway. Um believe that, that that is somewhere in the northeast uh not exactly sure but furthermore Delonte west out on the streets the video does not look good um to my knowledge there is something being being done by his former college coach um to 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 see if you know there there could be help done or you know fundraising done is this a concern i mean I understand that, yeah, Delonte West had the, the relationship with LeBron's mom, and, I mean, he was a very big, charismatic personality in the locker room, um, fighting teammates, fighting on the floor. We know that he does suffer from depression and bipolar, so on and so forth. Should the NBA reach out and do something? Uh, we don't usually see NBA players in this in in the, the this, this hole we usually in this rut we usually see this out of the NFL and such. I mean, it's a professional athlete who had money, stature, um, and he was known. This kind of affirms what I was thinking from before, beforehand when he was in the league and whenever his shenanigans were going on. I thought he was a user, 
Um, I know he, I, I mean, you can just look at him and tell. No offense, Delonte, last uh, good player, solid career. I wish the best for you. But you look like a drug addict, man, before you leave it on the street. I hope you get help. I wish the best for you. Um, and I know after what you said about LeBron's mom and how he probably has a deep hatred for you in his heart, um, I hope he helps you because he has that ability too. Um, it's sad to see this happens with athletes all the time. Um, I wish the best for him. And it, it's good to see that there's so many athletes that find their right path. But for every, for every right, there's always a wrong. Yeah, I feel like we're starting to see this, and this is starting to become something that that lately in in our in our society is is becoming almost a, almost a norm. You know, with the whole Hernandez documentaries coming out, you know, AB going crazy now. He has a freaking battery case outside of his home right now, um, like literally as we're recording this. Um, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, dude, it's pretty pretty crazy. I, I tried to stay off of Instagram while while doing this segment, so I we didn't get any details. Um, but and now, like like this is this just all all, the, all this sort of behavior is coming far too prevalent. Um, we need to have better. We need to have, have ways that when these athletes come into these leagues, we're all. You would think that the money alone would take them out of. It would take them out of their past and would take them out of their upbringings and what they they they, they uh, came from, but that does not happen. Money doesn't change people. Um, it, it, sometimes it does, and sometimes you know it doesn't. And 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 unfortunately, in his scenario, he's it seems that he's pissed away all this money. He's getting into street fights. He's on drugs. He's out there, all in a corner, um, damn near hoboed out. I hope that. Delonte West gets the the help that he deserves. NBA, I don't necessarily know what you could do for this man because you had already given him a dream job in playing in the NBA. Um, you know, um, sucks. Oh, I just looked up the Antonio Brown situation. A little bit worse. It's a little bit worse than we thought. Hmm. Um. We can touch on that here. Let's go ahead. So basically, Antonio Brown is being accused of battery. And burglary. Burglary? Didn't he just... Hold on. Wait. Didn't he just go on Instagram Live last week and say that the baby moms... Tried to steal his stuff? Tried to steal his... Mm-hmm. 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 And now he's getting charged with burglary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, this dude is so ironic. Like, like he's hey, only, only, only A B. Antonio Connor, only. Dude, oh my gosh! Did he post this on Instagram Live as well? Mm-mm. Let me go to his account really quick. I'm, I'm gonna check this really quick while we're while we're here on air. Um, as many of you know, I was. Definitely in in his Instagram live during the last incident, uh, and I was trying to tell him to stop and and and, and keep it down, but he, he kept going. Uh oh! 
I am not thinking that, uh, uh-oh, I'm not finding his account. Oh, there it is. Don't worry, we found it. So nothing, nothing on, on, on Insta. He has not gone, gone live, um, so it appears. He has done done a lot of um, promo. You know what? The, okay, I know honestly. You know what I think this means. We've seen Antonio Brown with the girl and how he was recording the whole situation, and there was cops involved and everything like that. The fact that he's not live right now makes me want to think that this one actually has some substance to it. Yep. And that he's actually scared. Yep, I'm thinking. Yeah, if he's not recording his antics right now, ladies and gentlemen. This could be the end of of AB. He could be getting ready to get 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 uh get booked. A A. Treats right. What? Vontez perfect ruined this man. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, from one person that is clearly dealing with brain damage to a sport where people get brain damage all the time. The UFC. Um. Jorge Masvidal, a.k.a. the bad motherfucker, stated that he'd love to fight McGregor or Kamara Usman yesterday on Errol Hawani's show. Do you think that he should take on either one of those fights? How, how, do, you, how do you feel um, about, about Masvidal stating, calling out his next opponent? Well, not really calling him out, but stating who he'd want next. I, I, I know we didn't see much McGregor. It was 40 seconds. It was 40 seconds. That's it. But, like Dana White said, he looked fast. He looked energetic. He looked like he was ready. He looked great at 170. Yeah. And I want to I, I see it. I want to see Masvidal go at McGregor. McGregor's always talking the most. He wants the big fights. He knows he's the money fight. I agree. I agree. Um, Dana White, if Dana White is smart, we know I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman. Makes dollars mm-hmm. and makes sense, right? And... If I if I'm if I'm Dana White, I'm trying to think of what's gonna make me the most money possible. Me trying to resell a McGregor Khabib too, I don't think that's gonna make me as much money as if I go, hey, we're gonna try and make you the BMF now. You're gonna fight Mosfidal, and then the baddest motherfucker out of that fight then has to fight Khabib. You know, if you're gonna do a Khabib McGregor too, and then if Khabib beats McGregor again. That has tarnished McGregor's legacy. You cannot sell the name Conor McGregor ever again after that. You know, it, it, it's ruined. It's ruined at that point. Masvidal has been holding down the sport since McGregor has been gone. And actually, we can pair in our other question as well. You already kind of in a way stated it. 40 seconds, that 40-second knockout, do you feel that the king is back by any means? He, he looked fast, he looked twitchy, he looked energetic, like I already said. But it was funny because McGregor went into his press conference and he said he wants a long fight. He wants to drag it out. He wants to push his body to a limit that he knows that, uh, let's go back to probably his biggest fight, Mayweather. And Mayweather pushed him too because he got tired when he was boxing. Yeah. Because it's longer. Um, and with Masvidal, I think that the fight would go long if, if both of them stay up. It, it's going to be a long, drawn-out fight, and it'll probably go the full run. Five rounds? That's what concerns me. That it, if it's not a round one, round two thing, it'll probably go all five rounds. 
Um, and I think McGregor might want to get another fight in before that. But it's also Conor McGregor. And you know what? When he shows up, he puts his nuts on the table and he lets him hang. That, that is true. That is true. He, he, he steps into to the arena big boss man status. Um, so, I mean, I would love to see this fight. Um, big card, big name, 250. It's a quarter of a, what's a thousand years? Yeah. Or what's a quarter of a thousand? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. It's something. Uh, it's, a, it's a big number to recognize. It go down in the history books as one of the biggest fights we've ever seen. Um, I'd love to see it. I, I definitely want to see it. If, Like I said, if I'm Dana White, let's go ahead and let's hurry up and let's book this Masvidal-McGregor fight. Um, at least, like, like even if Masvidal beats McGregor, you know, it's not a, it's not a belt. There's not a championship on the line. I mean, there's a BMF belt, but that's a made-up belt, you know. So, I got to say, let these two bang it out. These are the baddest men in the sport. They tried to hype up Diaz as if he was one of the baddest men in the sport. Don't get me wrong, he is. But not as, as bad as Masvidal. Um, yeah. In the chat. Five seconds over 40 seconds. Oh my. No. Nah, you know what you should put? 13 seconds over 40 seconds. Because he knocked out Aldo in 13. And Cerrone in 40. 40, yep. And then, and yep. But but Masvidal had that, um, had, had that had that knockout against Askren in five. It's like, that's what oh, he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. So I mean I I, I want to see this both these people they both both these guys they in fights quick they in fights fast in a hurry, um but both these guys are are, are hell of an athlete um they can both take take hits. I, I, we need to see it. I feel that the king is not back off of a forty second you know gasser off of a forty second fight um, against Cerrone. So my take on the king being back is a no go. Um, and we, we need to see Masvidal versus McGregor. We need to see McGregor. Now that we got that fight out the way, and it's like, okay, cool, you're back, and all the McGregor fangirls are back on the bandwagon, um, he needs to go up against a real opponent. Um, as far as Masvidal fighting Usman, not sure if I'm ready for that yet. I don't think that's going to sell the tickets yet. Um, just because Usman Covington was kind of hard to sell. They had to go into politics in order to sell that fight and shit like that. I just don't think that that's going to go the same way but yeah damn good show today bro got got anything else you want to add in here here at the last minute um no nah, honestly i'm good uh just look for me on boys.com i'm starting up a new series today uh i don't know if the article is going to come out tonight but basically what i'm going to be doing is starting with the Bengals. i'm going to start out their off season from today uh, basically looking at their offseason and what they need to do. It'll be, as I as if I'm their GM, I'll be doing with all 32 teams. There'll be trades, there'll be cuts, there'll be signings. Basically creating my ideal universe for each and every team. And that's what I would do as a, I was their GM. And it'll give everybody an insight on what their team could possibly do. It'll have their cap space, what I would do with it, um, possible moves that they could make. And it'll be really in-depth, and I think it's going to be pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, let's see here. As for myself, you guys already know. Hit me up on rumboys.com. Hit me up on Twitter at rumboys, spelled the Z N E T. Um, Instagram, same thing, at rumboys, spelled the Z N E T. Facebook, rumboys fantasy network. Make sure you guys give us a like on our Facebook page if you haven't already. 
Um, new episode of the Rum Report will drop Thursday evening, so we'll have a new episode of the Rum of uh, the Rum Report Thursday, Friday nights. Make sure you uh, hop on, hop in with me and the rest of the crew for Rum Boys sweet. After Dark. What's up? I'll be back this week. Yep, Jordan Love will be back on the panel this week, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do some. We're, we're we're gonna do some some trivia. We're gonna do some some trivia tonight. So if you guys are gonna be listening to this audio cast later on, subscribe to our YouTube channel and check us out for sports trivia as well. Um, and also download the Sportscaster app. Other than that, we greatly appreciate each and every single one of you for joining in and listening today. Uh, cheers to me, cheers to you, all the wrong boys and girls, what to do, dilly dilly, dilly, dilly. we out of here. <laughs>